The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to a brand new episode of Retro Pop, your home for pop culture talk every other week right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, Mr. Johnny Townsend. Johnny, how you doing? Friendship. I'm doing really good. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about our our subject today because, uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but uh, I have uh, mixed feelings about it. Oh, do you? I know? do. I do. Do you? Know? Yeah. Mixed feelings. <laughs> feelings. No. Feelings. Uh, no. I'm glad. I'm glad. Today's uh, Mortal Kombat that is going to be this episode's subject. And as we said last time on the Simpsons episode, uh, myself and Johnny are getting game history, uh, fighting game history month. Uh, and Johnny's going to do Street Fighter next week. And we're really excited to talk about that. These two games, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter are the best of the best, really, when it comes to this genre of video games. They're very highly regarded yeah. at the forefront of uh, arcade, the arcade, you know, uh, frontier back in the 90s, essentially, the arcade fighting game frontier. So we're really excited to get into it. These games, they both just have a very, very rich history. Uh, but yes, today's is Mortal Kombat. Yeah, you could say that they're the best around. <laughs> they're never going to keep you down. Oh, man. There's going to be so many fighting movie, video game, TV show references <laughs> in this episode. Yep. I can't wait. <laughs> I apologize all the time. Not too shabby regardless. <laughs> Let us get into our, uh, yeah, right into our personal history. of <laughs> towards the Street Fighter I side do. of things. Yes. But, but what is your earliest recollection of Mortal Kombat? All right, so obviously, uh, I used to get the uh, EGM magazine. It was a, a gaming magazine from my youth. I wish it was still around today because I flippin' loved that magazine. And uh, it would obviously tell you the games that were coming up and all that kind of stuff, and that's when I was kind of first introduced to uh, the violence that is Mortal Kombat, because it was obviously the big deal about it. The first time I ever actually played it, however, uh, my buddy Trevor got it for uh, the Super Nintendo, so it didn't have any of that gore or anything in in, in that version. Oh! Uh, so, uh, and all it was, <laughs> and my main uh, regulation of playing that was, the winner was whoever could trip the other person the most in the corner. Uh, again and again and again and again. <laughs> That's mainly how you won those games. Um, like I have a, I kind of said it earlier. I have a mixed feelings about this uh, franchise, and that's because um, I'm not really into super duper gory things. Like it's not that I don't think people shouldn't like them. I just it's a personal preference of mine. Right. Uh, however, these characters are like there's characters in Mortal Kombat that I'm like I have to find out more about this character so uh because of that um 
I I have a love for it as well. Like I flip and love Johnny Cage. I flip and love Sub Zero. You know, I have to find out more about these characters because they just look so freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then honestly, uh, when that movie came out, the first one, I. Uh, adored that movie still do i watched it so many times when it came out uh i really love that movie and to this day i think it's probably well i don't even i won't even say probably it's definitely uh the best video game movie that they've ever come out with in my opinion and uh and then they quickly pulled out the second one which i hated because it did a cyclops in an x-men 3 johnny cage so i was like i hate that movie so i stopped watching after the first one no i uh i feel your pain on that one that is for sure uh you know as you know and some of our facebook viewers you know facebook likers uh know my great uncle has a big part in that uh yes first movie that very first movie um your uncle honestly has such a big part in Two movies that I adored as a kid, which is pretty freaking amazing. The Ninja Turtles and now Mortal Kombat. That's so... I mean, what a career, man. I Dude, I I wish he lived closer. Like, I wish I got to... I knew him more. Yeah. Um, you know, of course. Like, how cool... How cool that be to just be like... My, my uncle, you know, he gets to hang out with, like, Robin Shaw, who... Or show, or how you pronounce it, who played Luke Kang in that movie? Uh, yes. he, was the, he was the stunt court. You know, he was the stunt coordinator. He got to hang out with Man. all these people, and and honestly, like him being a part of the first movie, I think made it stand out compared to the second movie. The second movie, they brought him in because things were going so poorly at the very like towards the very end of production. They started to bring him in to kind of fix everything that they messed up on, but. Yes. Um, <laughs> The first, the first one, he had a big part. He was there from start to finish, and he did such a wonderful job. Uh, you know, the the powers were very limited in that movie. Uh, it was more hand to hand combat stuff with with certain special abilities, and I think they did a very very good job of portraying it. Like the 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 fighting was crisp and clean and fun, and very. Yeah, I, have um, a, I have a quick idea. Yeah, uh, I think at some point we need to do a retro pop special episode, just all about like the career of your uncle, because those weren't the only two movies he worked on. You um, are right. Just, just kind of going through. I wonder if he'd be uh, open to like sharing some stuff with you over that. I I would love it. I've reached out to him a couple times. He is on Facebook, but he's not very very active. Yeah. Um. But I would not hate perhaps doing it even for my next episode. Um, and that's something we could talk about off air without a doubt. Yeah. I think that's a great idea, and I would love to do it. Um, but, yeah, th- so that was one of my earlier, like, like finding that out. Because I remember being a kid and growing up, and, and uh, my dad, he got Mortal Kombat on VHS for uh, his birthday, maybe one, one, some holiday or something. And I'm like, oh, cool, what's that? And my dad and my mom were like, yeah, you know, your uncle worked on that, right? I'm like, what? Uh, they're like, yeah, your your great uncle, your dad's uncle, Pat, he did the fighting choreography, the stunt choreography for the movie. And I got really, really excited. I was like, oh, cool. And then here I am. like, I was like probably like four or five years old at the time. And this movie's like, I think it's PG-13 or R. It's, it's PG-13, I believe. I think it's, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. they let me watch it. They sat with me, you know, through it. And, you know, they, they guided me in the proper way. You know, uh, a lot of, you know, uh, kids watch violence all the time and they're not very guided on it. They, my parents did a pretty good job of that. And then I got to the end credits and I got to see his name. 
and I was like, that was like, it was such a feeling of joy uh, to see that my great uncle, who I knew nothing, like very, very little about. At this point in time, I didn't know he worked on Ninja Turtles. Uh, at this point in time, I didn't know that he had a part in training Bob Barker uh, in, in martial arts. <laughs> that's I didn't, so cool. Is it, like, come on. Even if he just did that, that's just, what a story. <laughs> right? You know? Uh, you know, I didn't come know. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know? how I beat up Happy Gilmore right there. He had that's, skills. Yeah, that's right. From my uncle. That's how it works. I didn't even put that connection together until just now. Uh, you know, I didn't know he did Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee and all this stuff. I didn't know, but for Man. this one instant yeah. where he's a part of Mortal Kombat, one of the biggest game franchises of all time, that and one of the best movie, you know, video game to movie adaptations of all time, uh, you know, is it sits really well with me. Um, you know, as far as playing the actual video games go, uh, we each have an arcade. I think I mentioned during our arcade episode. Um, mentioned during our arcade episode that I used to have a arcade at a mall by my house growing up, and we used to go there frequently. Uh, I think it was called Aladdin's Castle, and that was my first, you know, seeing Mortal Kombat as a video game. They had the three cabinets at the time when I was younger. It was MK1, 2, and they did not have an MK3 cabinet luckily that's one of the worst games of the franchise uh but they did have ultimate mortal Kombat 3 and i do remember going there i never had any money um but i remember getting to play it and then i remember later on like late 90s uh going to play mk4 there and then that was kind of it like mk4 blew my mind away i was like oh man graphics are never going to get any better than this and here we are in 2020 and that was very very wrong yeah, now you have MK11 to look at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've been playing that on the Switch, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I've been playing on the Switch, and it's beautiful. So, uh, so yeah, that was kind of like my early, you know, grasp of it. I didn't get back into the series. Like, I never bought any of the games for home consoles. Um, but one time in, like, 2003 or 2004, but we started camping out in my backyard for some, like, the family just started doing it randomly, and we hooked up, like, electric, and we, we set up the TV and the PlayStation. My dad showed up with Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, which was the first one No, that's camping right PS2. there. Right? That is that's, camping, yeah. That's what <laughs> I'm talking about. Got a PlayStation? That's yeah. camping. <laughs> <laughs> and we just started playing it, and I, I, like, me and my cousin, my dad, and my uncle, we stayed up all, just all night hanging out and playing this game from, like, I don't know, 9, 10 o'clock at night till probably two, three in the morning and just going and playing stuff. And I was like, this is so cool. It's got all these original characters and, and I've been steady ever since. Like it's been, it's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, this game and it's, it's legacy and it pretty much it's impact on my life. Like I love, like the picture I shared the other day of my, you know, my uncle, again, my uncle and Luke Kang, uh, like that, there's a lot of pride in that for me. So, yeah, you should have, I mean, honestly, I mean, that's just so flipping cool. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you too when it comes to the actual games. Um, I, I, the only one that I ever, uh, the only connection I have with one that I actually paid for and bought uh, was the the same team made that uh, the Injustice series. Oh yeah 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 okay. Yeah, which is the DC superhero stuff, and those games are fantastic. So um, that's that's kind of the closest I got to actually. Uh, Mortal Kombat actually buying them, but I played quite a few of the actual games though. Like I played one, I played two, I played three, 
Uh, I know I played uh, a little bit of eleven, and I'm trying to think of a couple. I forget all the names of all of them. <laughs> uh, even played that Sub Zero game. I start. I had it for the N sixty four. I played it for like a minute, and it broke. So like this, no, I had it, it saved your like, life. It probably. <laughs> I watch. Yeah, I've I've watched videos on YouTube, and I'm I'm glad that game broke. I am glad. Uh, <laughs> it's probably for the best. But, but yeah, what a remarkable series, man! Uh, the, between the toys, comic books, movies, video games, uh, and several other merchandise, it's been really cool. Uh, you know, and it, it just continues to grow and grow and grow. And we'll get more into that as we get later into this episode. But. Uh, I think without further ado, let's get into the actual history of Mortal Kombat. Johnny Cage wins. Flawless victory fatality. Kano wins. Flawless victory fatality. Liu Kang wins. Flawless victory fatality. Finish him. Raiden wins. Flawless victory fatality. Scorpion wins. Flawless victory fatality. Sonya wins. Flawless victory fatality. <laughs> Sub Zero wins. All right, so fatality. Mortal Kombat. It, uh, it what it is now. The well, the very first game. What it ended up being produced and, and put out to the public was not its original intention at all. Um, the, actually, the original intention of the first Mortal Kombat game was to be a uh, adaptation of Universal Soldier, which blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it wild? Like, yeah. how did you? Yeah, get... don't get me wrong. Yeah, Universal Soldier is a is a fun movie, but I don't ever felt like anytime I watched it, I never felt. Man, I wish there was a video game of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> It never once crossed my mind. No, no. <laughs> yeah, they, they, their, their mission pretty much from Midway, and um, we'll get to the names of the, the designers in a little bit, uh, was to make a f- just a fighting game featuring a digitized version of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Now, and- wasn't this uh, like the early start of Midway too, as well, I believe? I think... Think so. Actually, now, Midway, you know, I think Midway had been around for a little while at this point, but they had oh, they done a, like pinball games and stuff, right? Pinball. They had like the 1943, like those games. That yeah, came out, yeah, like, you're the right, 80s. you're right. Yeah, and this um, this was kind of like, like them coming back into the fold, like as a that, main, yes, as a main you're player. right. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, sadly, they're not around anymore. But um, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, especially Midway was a big name. Oh, absolutely. When it came for me as a kid in video games. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the games I used to play for Midway. There was a, I had a Midway Arcade Treasures game for the play, uh, PlayStation Portable, and there was the one with the ball. Uh-huh. I forgot what it was called. Um, there was like a, I think there was like a skate game. There, there was, they had so many arcade like hits back in the day. But you are right. Sadly, are they are gone and they are acquired by I think uh, 
Warner Brothers okay. has them. Yeah. Right, here's some of the games that they're responsible for. Okay. Uh, Gauntlet, Miss, uh, the Pac-Man series. The one I know them from is NBA Jam. That was yes, my, that yes, was yes, literally yes. my jam. <laughs> um, Spy Hunter, which is another one that I played quite a lot. Uh, Space Invaders, and of course, Mortal Kombat. Rampage was the other one. I love the Rampage yeah. games. Uh, what is Arch Rivals too? Is that one of the midway? Is that a midway one? It might be. I I'm feel looking, like it was a pre. It is, yes. Okay. Yep, I think it was it a is. precursor almost to NBA Jam with. Uh, yeah, of course, WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game, of course. Oh yeah. Uh, another one I'm very familiar with, and uh, there's a series of games called Rush. They're like racing games. Okay. Uh, the and um, there's one that I played a lot on the Dreamcast called San Francisco Rush 2049. It's like a futuristic one. They were responsible for that. Um, so I mean, and the Blitz games, NFL Blitz. That's right. That's right. So, I so mean, those, those are, I mean, I flipping loved Midway. They did a lot of stuff I really liked. No, they did. I mean, obviously huge in the arcade era, but a lot of, like, great games. But they weren't quite at the point of a lot of other developers were at that time. Like, everybody was still trying to find their footing after the video game crash of 83. And, you know, in comes this opportunity to make a Universal Soldier video game. <laughs> you got to jump at the chance. Jump at the chance. <laughs> this has got to, pro- yeah. pro- you know, Throw throw uh, Midway right back into the mix. You got to do but, a split on two chairs at the chance of this. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I love John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I do too. I'm not gonna lie, that dude's awesome. <laughs> He's good. He's gonna get a featured episode someday too. I can promise oh, you that. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yes. But, oh man, that'd be another good month. You keep oh, giving me ideas here. Oh, like you do John Claude, and I'll do like Chuck Norris or somebody. We'll, yes. We'll do this. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, so their intention was to make it. You know, make the Universal Soldier game, but make it a bit more like Enter the Dragon or Bloodsport than uh, than a lot of the you know the cartoonish fighting games like Street Fighter, Kung Fu, and and, and um, well, no, not uh, Karate Champ. Excuse me, Kung Fu was something different. Uh, so that didn't happen. The project fell through. I think it was something to do with John Claude Van Damme, and thus Johnny Cage was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out of the ashes rose Johnny Cage. <laughs> so, and one of the most popular uh, characters in Mortal Kombat history, but... Um, yeah, which blows my mind, by the way, that he's that popular. Uh, and I'm only saying that because usually when I like a character, nobody else likes him. <laughs> like, I will, again, use Cyclops as an example. I'm blown oh, away yeah. that you love Cyclops, but I know people who hate Cyclops. And it blows me away because I'm like, Cyclops is the man. And I'm like, oh, Wolverine's the best. I'm like, Wolverine's... If you watch the animated series, which is how I got introduced to them, I was like, Wolverine's just always just trying to take his woman. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. I, I don't know, man. Johnny Cage might be too mainstream for me now. I don't know about all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew him before he was popular. <laughs> I'm going to go back to, like, in Stryker. I'm going to go, like, Stryker. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so that it, it got scrapped. Uh, Johnny Cage was pretty much born, but Midway got behind them, um, this team of only four people, mind you, four people. They got behind this team because they've seen the success of Street Fighter II, The World Warrior. It was blowing up arcades, huge hit. So Midway's like, okay, you guys go ahead and do what you got to do. So the team consists of... Uh, Ed Boone, who's the lead programmer, John Tobias, who did art and story, John Vogel, who did the graphics, such as the digitized stuff and all that, and then Dan Forden, who did the sound design. That was the only team. Um, that Is that was not wild? Crazy. Crazy. And I, I mean, I'll bring it up again in the, in the stats portion, but 
And this team of four people, it took uh, ten months to make this game and put yes. it out and produce it. Like, yeah, un- that blew my mind. That blew unbelievable. Because uh, today when they're doing – of course, the game's a little bit more complicated now, but uh, when they're doing games now, it takes them like almost years. Like two or three years is about right for uh, developing a game now. Oh, what? So 100%. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine doing one in ten. Like, if you told a team they had to do a game in ten months now, I. That's why I always feel for these uh, sports uh, people who have to work on sports games. They got to bring them out every year. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, good gosh, it's got to be a like a, a punch to Goro's balls to have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's job security, but it's, I'm sure it's yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. So they went to work. Um, you know, and and. They, they wanted to still go to the digitized character route because that's something that hadn't been really done before. Uh, if it had been, it had been done, executed very poorly. And it was really, really amazing. You know, when you think back, when you look at this game, you think back that you're pretty much playing, uh, like, it's like recordings. It's almost like 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 Photoshop, in yeah. a sense. Uh, like a Photoshop uh, I remember, video. Yeah, I remember when I first saw Mortal Kombat, when I actually saw gameplay of it, I never seen graphics like that. Like it was strange to me. It was almost uh, like I was on, you know, almost like landing on Mars for the first time. Yeah, everything just looked strange, and I mean, it was like it was almost realistic people on there, but not quite. It was it it, it was very fascinating. Yeah, no, it was, and it gave the graphics like this, like almost like a creepy vibe to them, like a cool vibe, yeah. like that eventually Mortal Kombat would capture, and like being as dark as it eventually would become. Uh, but, yeah, MK, they, that was a, a big, big deal. And, you know, there's all sorts of videos on YouTube and stuff of how they did it and, you know, all sorts of crash pads and, and uh, green, ba- you know, green backdrops and blue backdrops and this and that. But uh, it was really, really high-end stuff. They would really take their time in, the, in, in getting these, you know, f- physical movements. And they only had a limited number of actors, too, which was really cool. Daniel Piscina, who did... Daniel Piscina, he did Johnny Cage. He did Johnny Cage, and he also did, I believe, the ninjas, if I'm not mistaken, Scorpion, yes, Sub-Zero, and uh, yep. Reptile. Reptile. Uh, Ho Sung Pak, who did Liu Kang and Shang Tsung. He also had Richard Divizio, who did Kano. Uh, Carlos Piscina, Daniel's brother, did Raiden, and I forgot who the lady was who did Sonya. But, I mean, it was a very small team, and they came in, and they did their stuff. They put on these big, over-the-top, goofy costumes, and they did their motions, and they did their fatalities, and it just all messed really, like, amazingly together. So that was a big thing. Uh, You know, and in the development stage, too, they were really smart, and they decided on the palette swap technique, which uh, eventually gave them a lot of mileage, uh, you know, as, as limited as memory, you know, RAM data, whatever all those fancy terms are, were in the early night. You know, in the early to mid '90s, they got to do a lot more. They got to add a lot of characters and save a lot of space on creating whole characters. Uh, yeah, it really reminds me of like early uh, uh, animation, like cartoons and such, where with the backgrounds, would, yeah, yeah, where they would reuse stuff. And all, I mean, just for example, backgrounds is a great example. But also, let's just use, uh, um, uh, you know, Ducktales, which was a cartoon I loved as a kid. Yeah. Uh, you know the three, the three kids Huey, Dewey, and Louie are literally just the same characters with different colored shirts and hats. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, like that, an interesting technique. It's a really yeah. like interesting technique, and, and like 
I wouldn't have thought of that right out of the gate. If I wanted more characters, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm just going to slap some colors on. Like, it seems kind of, uh, it seemed kind of cheap. Like, at first glance, it seems kind of first, really cheap. But then you explore these characters, and then the lore that gets behind yeah. them and build and They're up iconic them. now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you see a blue ninja, Sub-Zero is your first thought. If you see a yellow ninja, the first thought is, you know, Scorpion. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so it's 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 in the lexicon now. Uh, and it's really wild that you even said that, because I know there's a lot of video games like uh, Mario, for example, when they were first developing the first Mario game. The reason he is the colors that he is and he looks the way he is is due to the limitations that they had. Yeah. And they just wanted him to look as much like a person as they could. And the colors they used were very limited, so they just went with those. And now you can't imagine Mario looking any other way. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, they did such a good job developing. I mean, that's that's just a really cool technique to use that it gives you so much more mileage, like so much more mileage. And, and yeah, those, those original designs have pretty much lasted today. Those colors are very well associated with those characters. That also haven't changed. Um, but they're obviously a lot more detailed now. As, you know, you can see, like, sweat and, like... <laughs> beard yeah. stubble and stuff now it's yeah. crazy let me, let me ask you this yeah uh, a lot of fighting games i can't remember if mortal kombat did this but i know like street fighter would do it you know you got the iconic original looks of the characters uh, but they would also have like um secondary colors and such you could choose if you wanted to yeah uh i always hated that <laughs> i did like, too I, I just want the original look of the character because that's the one that i that I know and recognize. Street Fighter drove me nuts because you didn't know which button to push to get the yes. the regular one. <laughs> yes, thank you. Like why yes. is like why is Ryu's suit blue and his hair orange and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> like what is going on here? If, I, if I'm picking Ken, he better have that red uh, the red jumpsuit. No, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> MK did it. They actually didn't have that. If you selected the same, if two people selected the same character, they had like a like a darker palette swap, or they changed it a little bit, but nothing like. Um, nothing to that extreme, to be honest with you. So that was that was something I always give him a little prop for. Um, but but yeah, so really developing this story. How are you going to develop this story? You know, what 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 is your fighting game going to be based on? This is one reason why I liked Mortal Kombat so much is because there was always a story to every game. Street Fighter, I never really got that vibe. There may have been, I never did any research, but there, yeah. I mean, but, I'll get into it whenever we do that episode. But there is a story to it. There is, yeah. But I mean, Mortal Kombat—it was front and center. It was oh, yeah. front and center. That was the theme, and the characters just played a big part of it. The story was just as important as the characters. Um, but they based a lot of it on—you know—part of it was uh, blood sport, kumite, and some of it was Chinese mythology, which they uh, they did quite a bit. And 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 yeah, it was it was really really remarkable. Um, you know, putting this thing together and how much it has really evolved. Uh, you know, since those those first days when. They didn't even know what they wanted to call the game. They didn't even know what they wanted to call the game, which I thought was really, really uh, a neat little tidbit there. Yeah. Uh, when I when I was doing research on this, uh, to me it seemed like they spent almost as much time trying to think of a name as they did actually making the game. Just about. I, I think the time they said it was like six months they tried to figure out a name, and Kumite was one of the names. I think there was there were several others, and then finally some outside guy that was a friend of friend of I think Ed Boone's. Seeing that somebody spelled combat wrong, they spelled it with a K, and the er, and they just decided to stuck with it. They threw mortal in front of it, and that was that was it. That was history. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the the 
the main frame of the history aspect of it. Uh, you know, it's also very special and significant for the hidden content that was featured heavily. I mean, I think Reptile is one of the earliest known secret characters. He might be the earliest known. Uh, you know, there's special stipulations where you got to fight him and see him in the first Mortal Kombat game. Uh, but that wasn't something that happened often. Uh, in games, and I think that helped push it, and we'll get into that in the, the legacy of Mortal Kombat at the end of the show. Um, you know, MK2 had Pong, MK3 had Galaga, and there's been other different hidden things in it, and it's been really remarkable. Uh, but that's pretty much the development history in a, really in a nutshell. I just kind of want to run through the games really quick. Um, Johnny, even see if you've, you have played them. Mortal Kombat, obviously the first one. My first playing of it was one of those plug-and-play TV games. I found one of those. <laughs> yeah, at, I remember those. <laughs> at Toys R Us in 2004. And that was really my big, big reintroduction to Mortal Kombat. And I played the crap out of that game. I'd stay up all night. I used to think I could unlock Reptile and Goro and Shang Tsung. You couldn't do it. It was just a simple version of it, but uh, really remarkable nonetheless. Um, did you play the first one? Yes, I, I, I did. Yeah, um... I think I played the second one before that one, but I have went back and played the first one since then. Okay. MK2 is probably my favorite one. Yeah, yeah, uh, same here. Um, and, it, and that seems to be the common theme amongst a lot of people. Uh, you know, going into Outworld and you expand the roster by quite a bit. Um, as well as two fatalities. This was a big jump for, uh, like, a lot of progress. More blood uh, in a... Yeah, it's just a very deeper storyline to it. And then obviously, I think these are the best the, that the digitized graphics were. Um, from my personal take, these were my personal, just everything all about MK2 is probably my favorite. And like you said, this, well, this is probably one of the la the later of the original games that I played. Uh, MK3, not overly fond of. Uh, I wasn't happy with the original roster as they did a no ninja clause for this game. They, yeah, which seems like a dumb thing. <laughs> It's a terrible idea. They're, they're yeah. like, they're like we, 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 you know, <laughs> we abuse the ninja, the ninjas, and then they just put them all in an MK3. Um, but for this reason, Scorpion is, uh, Scorpion is, or no, excuse me, for this reason, Sub Zero, because they unmasked him, is the only character to appear in every single of the main story fighting games. Scorpion, this is the only game that Scorpion has ever missed and not been a part of uh, because of that no ninja clause, but. Um, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, which is the same storyline, just expanded, new characters um, to try and revamp it. And um, this is probably my second favorite game right here, MK Trilogy, which I have like three copies of for the PlayStation 1. It brought together everything from the original uh, three MK games, characters, most of the levels, um, a good chunk of the fatalities, and they did a really, really good job of putting that together. I think I I would like a like a remastered version of that. I think they could do something really really cool like all the old graphics, just expanded fatalities and, and just different stuff. I think they could do something pretty remarkable with that. Uh did you have any uh experience with the, any of those variations? Uh I played the third one. I don't think I ever played the trilogy one. I kind of okay. wish I did from what you're saying though. It sounds like it'd be the better version of 3. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean try. Yeah. and I you know, the listeners know you host Retro Blist. Yeah. That might be something worth exploring. And if you ever want to have me back on, I wouldn't hate doing a Mortal Kombat episode with you guys. Just saying. Man, I will I'll put Just... that in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. 
Um, you mentioned this one. I think before, did you mention it before? Maybe uh, the MK mythologies. I don't know if you mentioned it during the episode or before we started recording, but uh, no, I think I did the Sub Zero ones, the one that I that I played. Okay, uh, same concept, digitized characters. The the cutscenes were really cool in that game, uh, but an adventure game in that style with all the moves and all that. It was I think it was a really cool concept, and that's something. Uh, that I think set the trend for like Shaolin monks down the road, you know that there yeah. was p- possibly a market for that. But um, you know what? You know what really surprises me is that they, like I do like when something like Mortal Kombat tries to, uh, you know, uh, do other genres with their characters. Like I don't mind that at all. In fact, I think it's kind of a neat thing to try to do. Yeah. But I'm very surprised that they didn't just do like a you know a, a brawler. You know, just have them going through the streets beating up. Oh yeah, that would I would have eaten that up. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah. Now I'm like trying to think because remember the war? Did you ever play the Warriors game? Oh man, yeah, it's amazing. When they yeah. had the the, the, the side scrolling beat em up was like the one of the bonus levels. If they had that, like going through like Outworld and stuff, and had different boss characters. Yeah. See, so right w- there, you're you're selling me on Mortal Kombat game right you're- there. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. No, that's I mean that's. I, I would buy the crap out of that. Uh, after that, Mortal Kombat 4 slash Mortal Kombat Gold. 4 was the first venture into 3D, and uh, a risky one at that. 3D was not all that great, especially 3D fighting games. were not all that, all the jazz uh, back then. Street Fighter had a, had a decent uh, 3D fighter game at that time, but MK4, they kept pretty much the same movements and, and a lot of the themes of the 2D games, but just made it three-dimensional yeah. graphics. Early early 3D games are, by today's comparison, quite harsh to look at. It doesn't really matter what the game is. Uh, I remember when Virtua Fighter came out, and that was kind of the first 3D fighting game that I can remember that I ever played. And I remember as a kid thinking, this game looks amazing. I can actually move around in 3D. This is just so cool. And I went back and looked at that game like not too long ago and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this thing's an eyesore now." Uh, we've it's covered true. a couple we've covered a couple PS1 games for Retro Blist. Uh like uh the Medal of Honor games. I don't know if you remember oh, those. Oh yeah, I had, yeah, I had the first one. Yeah, that's the one that we covered and I love I love those games when I was younger and they would come out and uh Man, and don't get me wrong, they still look they still look good, but they definitely show their age, you know, for the 3D moving around in the 3D world type of thing. I mean, it's just they were just limited back then to what they are now. Oh, absolutely. It's I I like looking. Here's a comparison for you: uh, Spider-Man Two for the PS2, uh-huh. and the new Spider-Man. I'm sure you've seen it. I know <laughs> yes. you don't have a PS4. You're but I watched videos. Guy, that thing seen was, videos. Yeah. yeah. Same open world concept, and like you think PS2, you're like, oh, it's modernized. It's a little bit more modernized, and it looks so drastically different. That's just that's just how those games were back. Then. It's 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 yeah. cool to look back at, but um, it's hard to play them. You know, at, coming back to but, it after. 10 but but they're vital. But they're vital to what we have now. Because if it wasn't for people trying back then, uh, we would still be. You know, we wouldn't be as far ahead as we are that we are now without those. No, that's I mean that's an excellent yeah. point, 100 percent true. Um, so MK4 slash MK Gold Gold was like an adaption for Dreamcast, where they expanded a bunch of characters. But uh, MK4 I like, but I thought they were a little bit lazy on the fatalities in this one. A lot of them were re- recycled. 
Uh, a lot of characters had very similar ones, and it was kind of depressing <laughs> thinking about yeah, it. I definitely played one on the Dreamcast, so it had to been the gold one that I played. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely played that one for a little bit. And, you know, I mean, cool graphics, cool storyline, all that, but like I said, some of the fatalities were very, like, you play like Johnny Cage, and then you, you play as Goro, and Goro would have the same uppercut fatality that Johnny Cage had. And I was Do just, you remember, this is a weird, this might be weird, but it's kind of related. Do you remember the first time you were able to pull off a fatality in that game? Because I remember when I would found, because, you know, uh, uh, like EGM would release, say, hey, here's some, how you can do some of these. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, oh man, I'm going to try these. And it <laughs> took me forever. I, I, I failed so many times just trying to do one. And I got we get so frustrated because there's so many button combinations you got to do to get them. They're exhausting, and some of them are way more difficult than others. I think the yeah. first fatality I ever did well, it was probably in at the MK1 plug and play uh, game, and I did. I think it was probably Johnny Cage's because it was the easiest one. That is decap decapitation head, you know, punch, and it was forward, 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 high punch, and it was so easy. And I was like, whew. Okay, I can do this. And I slowly started branching out. But the timing thing always scared me because it was always like a five-second window. Yeah, and, you got to be quick. And you had to, like, know the combination before you go into it. You couldn't pause like you can now during a fatality, you know, sequence um, and, and punch in the coat. You had to just know it. And it took a lot of practice. But I'm, I'm not bad at it. it. MK Trilogy, I found a cheat code where it's like one-button fatalities. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> MK4 has it too, but uh, yeah, that was it was pretty neat. Uh, next up was Deadly Alliance. This is the first console exclusive uh, game, and this is like this is the one I mentioned. We used to camp out in my backyard and play, and it was really really cool. I liked the direction that it was going. This was a rebirth for MK because uh, MK4 it was, the franchise was kind of going downhill. Deadly Alliance popped, you know, sprouted it back up, gave it a new direction, uh, especially on these bigger, these newer consoles like PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. Um, and it, they did very, very well for themselves. Introducing new themes, new very, like various fighting styles, better weapon combat. It did really, really good for itself. Deception. This was a really fun one, too. Uh, came out in 04. Same consoles. Continuing the storyline from Deadly Alliance. Liu Kang. This is Liu Kang's first appearance in... Uh, on the, the newer games. Liu Kang was not in Deadly Alliance. They actually killed him off for a game and then brought him back as a zombie in Deception. It was really, really cool, but it was nice to be able to play him in a more modern form. Um, did you play that one at all, Deception? No, the, this was the area... This is the I think you're getting to the time where I didn't play any Mortal Kombat games for a while. Okay. Yeah, this you know. was a weird era. If you're like a big fan of the early ones, this was like a weird transition. But this was like this was my first trilogy, and then I went backwards, um, so it, it it helped. But for a lot of people, this can't, it was a bit of a turnoff. Um, I played this one on the PlayStation Portable as Unchained, and it was really it was it was pretty neat. They had a puzzle fighter game. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, Shaolin Monks came out in 2005. That was a great one. That was pretty much the adventure storyline with Liu Kang and Kung Lao. And they went through MK2, which, again, my favorite game of the series, and they did a good job of that. Armageddon. Armageddon. This one was probably the most dis one of the most disappointing games for me. Maybe that's why I remember that one. Uh, I just remember that title for some reason. I don't know if I ever played it, but it's stuck in my memory for sure. Uh, it had everybody from everybody in the series up to that point as a playable character. 
had a lot of the you know a lot of different levels but my biggest gripe about it was that there were no the fatalities were were not like significant they had a creative fatality and it was pretty much the same across the board uh, instead of unique fatalities for each character that would have helped out a lot you know seeing striker come back for the first time and have him do a cool fatality in a modern 3d fashion that would have been something I would have liked but um, it never it, it never never panned out unfortunately um, let's see Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe was next they told okay that one I, that one I have tried for yeah, sure I yeah, yeah. my ex-girlfriend we I used to play it over her house all the time it was pretty cool as a step back you know from a violence perspective but uh, they did a good job of it it was a cool storyline I like the crossover aspect I think this is right around the time where Warner Brothers slash NetherRealm Studios picked up the Mortal Kombat franchise yeah it had to be yep. it had to be and then uh, the the we're on the home stretch now essentially uh, the Mortal Kombat which is pretty much faces or deals with the first three games it came out in 2011 it was a rebirth slash reboot for the series um, love this game to death. Original rosters, pretty much MK trilogy, but m- even more modernized. Uh, did very well. MKX, which is one of the better selling ones, came out in 2016. Expanding on it, that was kind of a little bit of MK4 and a, and a modern touch to it. And then MK11, which just came out this year, uh, and is doing very very well for itself sales wise. But uh, what a what a legacy! I mean, that's a lot of games in a. Uh, I was I think it's about a 28 year timeline. So, yeah, that's impressive that it's, st- it's still around. And adapting and, and acting yeah. as a, like a roller coaster, essentially. You know, there's been well, the there's highs so and many, lows. Yeah, there's so many um, fighting game series that haven't lasted the test of time, but Mortal Kombat definitely has, and, you know, so that's impressive on its own. No, it, it most certainly has. It's, it's Cause always... Because they've put out some stinkers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you, you gotta be, you got to be a good franchise to be able to, uh, you know, to kind of... Uh, pull a Pixar as they say and be able to kind of <laughs> overcome your your cars too to put out your you know your inside outs or whatever your cocos <laughs> no it's they, they've done really good at staying relevant and still yeah. I mean and and I can't say I'm sorry to interrupt you but no, you're it good. reminded me um and it's uh like the new game the new one that just came out is appealing to like younger audiences so it's refreshing the Mortal Kombat to kind of stick That's help true. it stick around more because my uh nephew who's in high school uh, plays the tar out of it. So, oh yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, which is an important thing for longevity. We talked about a little, yeah. little bit about it on the Ninja Turtles episode. How it's exactly. important to keep recycling and keep targeting a newer audience, uh, and 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 it helps too that they expanded <clears throat> with the online because you're connecting more people. Oh yeah, and you're being, you know, be able to play Mortal Kombat online is one of the coolest things, um, you know, and it's. That that's it, that that goes such a long way. A lot of these newer games, they don't go they don't go to that. Um, some of these you know games that have been around for a while, they don't go to that. And this was a big move for MK. But yeah, that's pretty much the history of Mortal Kombat. You know, between all the games and the production, there's there's so much more. There's tons of online documentaries and and this and that that you could sit on for around for hours and just just learn so much between all the arcade tours and and just amazing amazing promotions i one of the reasons why i love mk so much um but that's that let's get into uh matt stats
Alright, so statistics for Mortal Kombat. This was actually a little bit harder to find than I had originally thought, but I did find some decent uh, details uh, throughout the game. As we already mentioned, four people in ten months created the first MK game, and the team just continued to expand a little bit. Uh, I think they hit like nine or ten by the time MK3 came out, and it's just been growing ever since. Uh, and it also mentioned, previously mentioned the game took, uh, or the name took six months to create. I did some math. I started doing some math this morning. I got about a third, three quarters of the way through it before I became frustrated. But uh, <laughs> there have been over six hundred. There are over six hundred ways to kill people <laughs> in. <laughs> in a Mortal Kombat game between fatalities, brutalities, gosh. Uh, brutalities, stage fatalities, animalities, uh, uh, babalities, friendship. Well, that friendship's not really killing, but um, over there's over 600 ways, different ways to do it. And obviously some fatalities have been re recycled to be a more yeah. modern take or on if it. It's, or if it's Johnny trying to do it, the, the opponent just passes out. <laughs> <laughs> just fall over because I never get it put in correctly. Uh, so I mean that's that's a lot. That's that's quite a bit. Also, there are 97 playable characters in the MK universe. That's incredible. Which it's astounding. It's a lot, and, and considering yeah. too how many characters keep returning all the time. You know, the, the, you can't have an MK game without your Liu Kangs and Johnny Cages and Sonyas and Kanos and all the damn ninjas. Uh, you know, those characters return very, very frequently, and there's always more that get very popular and, and keep being recycled. Uh, so that's an incredible roster over a long period of time. Uh, about 49 million units of Mortal Kombat video game merchandise have been sold all time. So individual uh, units between games and arcade cabinets, uh, that's quite a bit. Uh, the franchise as a whole, it's about valued at $12 billion, probably a little bit more now. This number was estimated before MK11 came out, so it's it could be could be a little closer to 13 or above 13 at this point, uh, but still a very prominent value. Uh, a Mortal Kombat, everybody knows it. Uh, MK Games have uh, appeared on 37 different gaming platforms. I'm going to read those off. And it's not just, uh, you know, consoles. It's all sorts of different things. Amiga, Android, Arcade, obviously the Arcade Cabinet, DOS, Dreamcast, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, GameCube, Game Gear, Game.com, IBM PC, uh, iOS, Windows, MS, DOS, N64, Nintendo DS, Nintendo Switch, PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, PSP, PS Vita, uh, R-Zone, Sega 32X, Sega CD, Sega Genesis, Sega Master, Sega Saturn, Super Nintendo, uh, shoo, boy, uh, <laughs> Stadia, TV, uh, the TV plug-and-play, Wii, Xbox, Xbox oh, 360, Stadia. Xbox oh, One. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> what an awful thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've heard. I feel for anybody, I feel for anybody who's bought one of those. I, I've heard some stories, I've heard some stories, <laughs> yes, so. It's not good. Uh. <laughs> So, it's appeared on many different systems and in many different iterations, too. Uh, you know, a lot of the early days, you know, Mortal Kombat and, uh, well, you know, the blood thing was a, it was a big, very distasteful thing. Uh, the first, Nintendo and Sega, you know, Nintendo did not allow blood on their consoles. Uh, you know, that was a big, they were family entertainment, yeah. so there was no, like, blood, there was, like, dust. Which actually really helped out the Sega Genesis version. 
a lot. It did. It did. Even yeah. even though I mean Super Nintendo eventually came around and is much, much more uh, you know, just a better console than Sega Genesis in my opinion. Uh, it did help Sega sales quite a bit because it did not have I mean Sega Genesis version did not initially have the blood, but you can put it in the code. Uh, which I don't remember off the top of my head, but they had a blood sheet, and you put that in, and everything was as normal. Uh, but great, none, you know, great nonetheless. But certain characters would only appear in specific versions too. I played the Sega Game Gear version of the first Mortal Kombat, and it did not have. I want to say either Kano or Johnny Cage in it. It left out one of those characters, and that, that happened quite a bit. Like the Game Boy versions left out a crap ton of characters. Um, you know. Maybe limited to five or six, and when you're playing like MK2, which has a roster of twelve, uh, you know it, it it hurts the playability a little bit. But uh, you know, regardless, there's a lot of different versions of these games out. Uh, all right, so here's rough estimate sales. Some of them, some of the games were easier to find sales numbers uh, and units sold than others. Uh, MK1, three about three million copies were uh, sold. As well, arcade cabinets, they sell for about a few hundred to up to $2,500 for the original arcade cabinets. MK2 was probably the biggest earner in the series, especially in the early days. $400 million as of 2002. So that's part of, like, you know, remakes and, and it, all sorts of stuff. Uh, $50 million in the first week, which is a big deal. 2.5 million copies distributed initially. And twenty-five thousand arcade units as of nineteen ninety-six, which are all valued at about three to four thousand dollars. And we touched up, up on this in the arcade episode that we did, but uh, this was at a time when good arcade units were were selling five thousand, five thousand units, twenty-five thousand uh, for MK two, uh, MK three Ultimate Mortal Kombat three uh, was kind of the start of a decline. Even though MK Trilogy, the N64 version, sold pretty well. MK4 was just bad from a sales perspective, did not do very well. MK Deadly Alliance sold 3.5 million units as of April of 2011. And it was the, uh, give it its best reviews and sales since MK2. So a little, uh, little spark there for them. Deception release week, uh, MK Deception sold 1 million units, which was the biggest first week sale in MK history. And within a year, 1.9 million units sold worldwide. Shaolin Monks sold over 1 million copies. Our, uh, Armageddon did pretty decent. Uh, Mortal Kombat vs. DC, 1.9 million units sold. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2011, 3 million units sold as of August of 2011. And that was early on. In it's, uh, you know, it's it being out there and available. Uh, just a great game. MKX was the fastest selling game in the history of Mortal Kombat. 5 million copies sold worldwide. And MK11 is doing really well. It's still in its infants. It hasn't even turned a year yet. It came out last April, uh, and it contributed largely to an $8.8 billion in digital sales in the month of April of 2019. So, so yeah, those are kind of your... Impressive. Not bad, not bad. Most impressive. Uh, those are kind of your sales stats. Uh, your, well, just your stats period for this. Uh, let us get into Johnny's Did You Know? Those are five hundred dollars sunglasses. Yeah, here we go. Um, uh, the, there's a character called Rain in Mortal Kombat. How did it get its name? Besides that, you know, it has to do with Rain. Uh, well, he wears purple, and he's a prince. 
but I have no idea if he can make doves cry. Uh, <laughs> uh, you kind of alluded to it, but in the arcade version of the second Mortal Kombat game, if if you play through 250 separate versus matches in a row, the game turns into Pong. Yeah. So that is, because uh, I was looking that up, because uh, that means you're playing hours and hours and hours of a game just to play Pong. <laughs> if that's your goal. Uh, uh, Mortal Kombat, we can thank it for us having uh, the current video game rating system that we have. Uh, when MK came out, it was often used as the poster child, as is like Grand Theft Auto is today, of uh, violence in video games. Um, Daniel Pacina, you kind of mentioned him earlier. He uh, Not only did he do uh, the character movements and used his likeness for Johnny Cage, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and Reptile, he would actually go on and sue them, <laughs> sue them for it. <laughs> Uh, because he said he had unpaid royalties. He did. He did. Yeah. Are you going to bring up the controversy uh, that he had? Uh, I don't know if I even have it here. What's the controversy? There was another game that was coming out, and he actually dressed. This is around the time where his relationship started to sour, and he went and did an advertise, a photo shoot advertisement that got printed in a magazine, dressed up as Johnny Cage, plugging another game. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they don't have uh, a very good relationship. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I'm not going to list all the games that these three games are on, but the first three Mortal Kombat games are considered some of the most ported games, uh, like along with Tetris and a couple others, because they've appeared on so many different systems. Uh, and uh, let's get into some, because I love the movie so much, the first movie. I got some trivia from that. Uh, Ed Boon, you kind of mentioned him before. He was one of the original creators of Mortal Kombat. Uh, he actually starred as the voice of Scorpion in the movie. Uh, Brandon Lee was was originally cast as Johnny Cage, but of course, sadly, he passed away filming The Crow. Oh. Uh, yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme turned down the role of Johnny Cage as well, so he could do Street Fighter, which we'll cover that movie, of course, when I cover Street Fighter. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot... <laughs> I cannot not talk about Street Fighter the movie without uh, talking Street Fighter. We're going to have to talk about Street Fighter um, the movie, the video game. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> um, the I'm going to mispronounce some of these because there's a lot of uh, uh, Japanese and, and Chinese names here, and I'm just not good at that. Uh, Kerry Hiroyuki uh, Tag- Tagawa. I know I mispronounced that. I'm so sorry. But they were the only choice for Shang Tsung. They actually came, he actually came to audition in a costume, and he actually read his lines while he was standing on a chair, and he really stood out to them because of that. The film soundtrack, you know, it's got the very famous Mortal Kombat, dun, 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 that song. Uh, the soundtrack went platinum in less than two weeks, which is incredible for a soundtrack. It's so good. It's still iconic. I mean, I, anybody thinks of that Mortal Kombat thing. Uh, in the movie, when you first meet Johnny Cage, he, of course, is an actor, so you see him on a movie set. Originally, the director was going to be a cameo from Steven Spielberg because he actually loves Mortal Kombat, but he couldn't do it because of scheduling. So they kind of so if you kind of look at the quote unquote director uh, now, if you go back and look, he kind of sort of resembles Spielberg. That's who they were originally going to. Oh get. no, kidding! Okay, I always yeah. wondered why that was. <laughs> yeah, so they shot a lot of the movie in Thailand, uh, but it, the area they shot was very remote, and they can only get to it by boat. Uh, so uh, what was really funny though, is, um, they actually had to build an outhouse 
in a secluded area near the set so the crew didn't have to make constant trips to the mainland just to use the restroom. Interesting. Could you imagine that? That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. And here are some uh, Sonya Blade what-ifs. Uh, uh, Bridget Wilson Sampras had actually auditioned for it, but she went on to do uh, Billy Madison, so she's the uh, she's one of the leads in that. Christina Applegate was another one who was considered for it. And here's one that blew me away. Cameron Diaz what? was actually was one that was also, but she actually hurt herself uh, training for it, according to this. <laughs> so she turned it down after. Wow. I mean, that's right when her star was rising, too. Pretty much. I yeah. mean, she had been. Yeah, that was right after. It was right after yeah. Mask, because they said she, they were kind of uh, impressed with her in wow. Mask. I did not know that. Uh, uh, Raiden, uh, the first choice for him was Sean Connery, but of course they didn't get it down. <laughs> Uh, what was Chang, what was funny? Chang song. <laughs> <laughs> what was funny though is this uh, this article that I read for these. Uh, the reason that Connery turned it down was because, uh, and I'm quoting here according to this, uh, I want to play golf and I don't want to do a physical role. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Not that Raiden did anything yeah. in the first movie, anyways, but that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, it had a three. It was a the top movie for three weeks at the U.S. box office when it came out. This I remember this movie being pretty big, honestly. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's any more that I want to do. There's actually a ton of facts for this movie because this movie is beloved. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's quite. I I know that uh, there was never I, like looking back at the video games, there was never a real rivalry between Johnny Cage and Goro ever like mentioned or done in any of the games, but it eventually became such a big like main lore because of that movie from that that scene i won't say the swear word but that is one of my favorite like those were 500 dollars sunglasses hole uh yes. that is one of my favorite <laughs> yes. lines of all time that so johnny good. cage and girl yeah. fight was is so criminally underrated and i will watch i will watch i'll probably get off done recording this episode and go watch it on youtube or something that's how good it was but yeah that eventually they started to make references toward it as the games uh you know, as the older generation of games came around. Yeah, and it's 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 such a great movie. Man, I just, I want to go back and watch it. I haven't watched it in a while. I'm going to have to rectify that. Uh, but uh, speaking of movies, of course, they had the second one come out, which I was not a fan of for uh, uh, certain reasons I've already announced. Uh, but I think they're actually trying to get another one off the ground now, I've today. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. And there is a really love. I haven't seen it, but apparently there's a very good, uh, uh, like short film series that you can find on YouTube that was done not too long ago as well. That's really really good, according to a lot of people. So, uh, yeah. So there's your Mortal Kombat. Uh, did you knows? All right, excellent, excellent. Let us get into let's fin- well, let's finish up and get into Mortal Kombat's legacy on pop culture. All right, so MK, what a legacy, what a library of video games, characters, you know, just everything. Uh, you know, Johnny, what, what do you think, what, what's, I mean, really the first thing that comes to mind of Mortal Kombat's legacy, when, when you when you hear that name pop up in your head, uh, I, I guess. The first, anytime I hear Mortal Kombat in my head, I literally hear that song, Mortal Kombat, <laughs> it pops right in my head right away. I think... But the fact of the matter is, they're still putting out games that still sell super well. 
which to me just shows that this uh, franchise is going to be around to stay for a little while longer. Because anything that makes money, they're going to keep uh, putting that out there for the touching, you know. <laughs> uh, so it's still doing really well. I think it's still uh, – it was, to me – it came out at a perfect time. This this game is Street Fighter, which is the two we're going to be covering for the show. It uh, came out at a perfect time to really get this type of genre of video game off the ground because uh, they got so big and so popular. And these and they kind of had a, a rivalry. These two. Uh, I remember that you were either Team Mortal Kombat or you were Team Street Fighter at one point, and uh, like it was it was criminal to like both of yeah. them, uh, which I did, which was stupid because I I like both of them, but. Uh, you know, that's just how it was back then. You know, when you're in high school, I remember being in, I think it was middle school and you're like, Hey, do you like Mortal Kombat or do you like street fighter? And it was a big, you had to choose which side carefully. <laughs> so which kids you'd be aligned with that type of deal. And I, I think that really shows, you know, it's, if it wasn't for these games, I don't know if this genre would have kept going, but there's so many. Uh, and, and today it's a little sad to me, but the only games you really get now, uh, that even try this genre anymore are your Mortal Kombat's or your uh, Street, Street Fighters. Still kind of Tekken does every now yeah. and then, but they're not as frequent yeah. as or, or big as they used to be. Uh, right, exactly. There's been a lot yeah. of great fighting. Makes me sad. Oh, it's it's it does stink. My, yeah. You know, growing up, my dad was actually never a big fan of the fighting games. Like the verse, he never was. Uh, I liked them. I thought it was a cool genre, and it, it you know it's good to, good for tournaments. Like when I eventually get to where yeah. I want to be. I want to start running MK like classic MK video game tournaments. They're they're fun. That was a big draw to these games back in the day, and I think they actually helped probably popularize video game tournaments in the long run. To be honest with you, uh, yeah, and I'll tell you this too. Uh, back in the day when I would go to the, we had a a video game well, it was a video rental store, not just video games, but that's what I would rent. Obviously, <laughs> that was that was literally. Uh, Within minutes from my uh, middle school and high school, it was right there. It sadly is gone today, but uh, uh, my parents were very awesome. It would take me there often, and I would get to rent a video game every once in a while. So uh, I remember this was the days when you would rent a video game, and it would actually come with the manual. Oh, yeah. And I would actually would flip through the manual. I remember flipping through the Mortal Kombat manual and the Street Fighter manual and just looking. What I loved about them is it would actually give you a little information on the characters, and you get to see them and give you some of the moves you could do. Yeah. It's like, man, I just miss these days. Uh, miss those days of that. But um, I think for today, it's very obvious that Mortal Kombat is here to stay. I mean, like we said, they're making a movie of it. Uh, younger people are getting into it. I mean, uh, you know, I mentioned before my nephew, who's in high school, plays it. Plays the newest one quite a lot. So uh, that to me shows that this that Mortal Kombat has staying power uh, almost. Gosh, what thirty years later? So no, without a doubt, I I, I think. Yeah, the, the mainstream, you know, that it, it keeps evolving, I think, is a big deal. Um, obviously, you know, you mentioned the ESR, ESRB, the the video game rating yep. system, I think, is a huge deal. I've known that all of my life, but it's for a while I, I, I see all these older games from, like, before that time, like in the 80s, and they didn't have that rating. I always wondered why, um, you know, it's it, – it, it definitely put a spotlight on video gaming. And, you know, the, I know there's a, I forgot what the kind of senator or congressman or something, uh, he legit made it his life's work to get, like, vid- violent video games banned. He was very against. There was a couple of them. Yeah, there was a couple of them yeah, that did that. Yeah, uh, like he, I remember Wendy's did a promotion with the Nintendo Wii back in, like, 2006. 
uh, and this dude flipped out. He was he wanted he wanted a boycott <laughs> of Wendy's because the Wii was having MK Armageddon going to be on the game, at, on yeah. the console, and he would he wanted to boycott Wendy's for it. Which is really funny because the Nintendo Wii has got to be the most least offensive game oh system of all time. Yeah. Uh, grandparents got that yeah. system, so my mom played the Wii Fit on it. So it's yeah no it's uh it's it's pretty humorous, but I mean. Obviously, politicians and lawyers made their careers off of Mortal I mean, Kombat. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, but it definitely it, it definitely pushed the limits. It, that was probably the first blood slash gore game, at least heavily or well known one. And I think it set a trend for a lot of games going forward that there was a market for this if done properly and right. Um, you know, this type of stuff. It, I I do got to add this really quick too. I always found it funny. You ever? Uh, <laughs> Like with the ESRB thing, I thought it was funny mm-hmm. that it took Mortal Kombat with the blood, guts, and, you know, to get that created. But have you ever heard of the game, uh, oh, Custer's Revenge? <laughs> yes, for the Atari. Yeah. Like, yeah. where yep. was this idea of a rating system back then for that versus... Well, also, it kind of helps the Atari that it's just such a crude-looking... <laughs> today this you know, graphically like you couldn't really super duper uh but uh yeah it's uh we won't get into no it, no we will not look up look up that game and you'll know why we're if you're above the this. age of 18 look yeah. it up uh <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> retro pop and no way yeah. shape or form endorses the playing viewing of that's right custer's revenge uh but yeah what a great i mean just a great legacy they just everything I, I know people who dress up as these characters at cons uh, you go to a dollar store and you get like these these oh, yeah. knockoff ninja costumes. It just the, the stuff's everywhere. It's 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 really cool when you get to see a video game. It started off as humble, humbly as as Mortal Kombat did become as mainstream as it is. And it's right. no, it's it's definitely gonna be around for a while. Um, I'm yeah, but that's pretty much what I got. I'm stoked for next week. Street Fighter's gonna be a good conversation. Uh, without a doubt, I actually just started playing. Uh, I've got the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Edition for the Switch. I've been playing that to get ready for this episode. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see Johnny what you have for that one. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about it because that's that was my jam back in the day when it came to fighting games was uh, Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition, especially. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, we're going to be talking Street Fighter for the next episode. Very excited for it. Um, and also wanted to real quick back on Mortal Kombat. I, you know, we do these uh, for our Facebook page. Please go to our Facebook and look at Retro Pop and join us. Join us on there. We have a lot of fun. Uh, we we do these little tournaments a lot of the times for their upcoming subjects. And we of course did a character tournament for Mortal Kombat. And I just saw because you before we started recording, you posted what the final came down to, and I could have picked that from the beginning. That's who it was going to come down to. Yeah, it typically it typically ends up that way. Um, it is Scorpion yeah. and Sub Zero, and I'm trying to see who's in the lead right now. Uh, when I when I voted it's earlier, that's before we started recording. Oh, is it? It was Sub Zero when yeah. I voted because that's who I voted. Scorpion for. has 61 percent. Sub Zero's 39 percent right now. So they're always a good time. Ridiculous. But, but yeah, to Johnny's get over get here. over here. Uh, to our Facebook page and <laughs> get ready for Street Fighter tournament coming up in two weeks. So that's gonna be a that's the smoothest and greatest transition I've you ever like heard. Like that? Uh, I love that. 
Uh, but thank you for joining us, everybody. We very much appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Till next time, we'll talk to you. Mortal Kombat!